You're listening to Root Lock Radio. Hello and welcome to Root Lock Radio, a podcast for uncloaking, learning, and exploring the tarot cards. My name is Weston, I live in New York City, and I'm your host. The beacon card for today's episode, which comes out on April 9th, 2020, is the star. And I am trying to channel this star energy into connecting with the collective, so all of you. I see the star as a card that signifies that we are all part of the same sort of interconnected energetic fabric. We are all a part of the same universe. And so today I am going to touch on some reflections of the skills I used in the demonstration reading from last week's episode and wrap up some of the themes from this third season of Rootlock Radio in an attempt to sort of fortify that connection that I have with all of you. So this is the season finale of season three of Rootlock Radio, and I'm sort of sad to say that. I know with a mass quarantine happening all over the world and people's anxiety, fear, grief, all that stuff being heightened, that it it's a good time to be engaging with tarot and deepening your practice especially in a style, I think, that is guidance-focused and aligned with good mental health practices, which is always my goal. So it is a little bit of sadness that comes up for me when I say that this is the end of the season. That said, if you'd like to engage with me or stay engaged, please do You know, follow me on Instagram, join my email newsletter. There will definitely be announcements. Or a great way to stay in touch is to join the Discord discussion forum uh, through Patreon. A $5 per month donation gives you access to this discussion forum where I'm really actively engaged in answering people's questions and just kind of facilitating or being a part of a greater conversation about tarot with other Rootlock Radio listeners. I really love this discussion forum. It's really been kind of growing and taking shape. And so I would really encourage you, if you have the means to do so and you're interested, to consider joining joining us there. I also have a few new things in the works that I can give you a little preview of. The first is a court card course. So if you listen to the podcast regularly, you probably know that I have been applying some concepts from internal family systems therapy and what in the therapy world we call parts work to working with the court cards in the tarot. The court cards are really so confusing for a lot of people, and viewing them through this lens has really helped me to find a place for them in my tarot practice and to be able to consistently engage with them in ways that feel really productive and helpful. So I'm working on a pretty comprehensive course that will give you a full immersion in how to use court cards in this way in your tarot practice. It will also be kind of a guided self-reflection that can help you to get to know yourself in new ways and likely develop some skills to better navigate the unique challenges you face in your life. So this is where I am turning my attention and creativity next. 
It will include a recorded MP3 lesson component. So it'll probably be, it's looking like maybe like around three hours of recorded lessons. And then also a workbook with journaling prompts and tarot spreads and stuff like that. I think it's going to be pretty amazing. I'm really excited about it. So please stay tuned. That's going to be the next thing I think coming out of the pipeline from me. I'm also in the early planning stages of Rulock Radio Season 4, and I've been contemplating the fourth season and the number four and really trying to figure out what I want to do with it, and I'm really feeling ready to dive into some topics that have been kind of simmering away for a while in relation to the major arcana. So at the moment, and this could evolve and change, but at the moment I'm seeing Season 4 as kind of a big reframe, reworking, reworking through of the major arcana as a whole and introducing some new skills, identifying some new underlying patterns and systems in the major arcana, and things that I have not really talked about. I'm really trying to upgrade and deepen our relationship to the Fool's Journey as something we can draw on to navigate through our own lives and through the challenges and healing and all these kinds of things. So I'm really inspired also a little intimidated because it seems like kind of a big project. So it may take me a little bit longer to get this fourth season launched. I'm looking at probably sometime in the fall to be back with that. Um, So I know that's a while, but I do believe it'll be worth the wait. And the court card course should be out sooner than that, maybe in the next few months. So maybe you can engage in that in the meantime. So that's kind of what I have on deck next. On deck, I don't know. That's what's coming up next from me. So that's it for today's introduction. Uh, Let's go ahead and turn our attention to last week's demonstration reading, and then we'll get into some takeaways from season three of the podcast. So thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode of Real Lock Radio. I get into reflecting on last week's demonstration reading, I want to say a little bit more about why I think it is okay or even more than okay for me to share what other people might consider my secrets in how I work with tarot with you. I noticed that a lot of times people ask me permission to use my ideas. So for example, with the Rootlock Tarot Book of Spreads, I've had a lot of people reach out and ask if it's okay for them to use the spreads and readings for people, to post them on social media, and my answer is always, of course. To me, I want these concepts to spread out into the world and to be used. And if they resonate with you, please do use them. And if you can give me credit in an appropriate way, an easy way, that's great. But not because I need the credit, more because I want people to be able to find me and and work with my ideas if they resonate with people. And that's it. I don't feel the need to harbor my ideas as mine. And I don't think anyone has authority or there is really like this hierarchy of information in tarot. I'm not holding something that you don't always also have the capability of having yourself. So if my ideas help you to develop your tarot practice, then great, go with it. Just don't claim that you came up with them. That that wouldn't be cool. But beyond that, really, I'm okay with people using my ideas. So on that note, today I'm going to give a recap of how I approached the year-ahead demo reading from last week's episode. And I'll do my best to invite you into my mind and into my tarot practice, 
because if it helps, then you can integrate these concepts into your tarot practice. No two tarot practices will ever be the same, because no two people are the same. So if my ideas resonate with you, then that's a green light for you to integrate them. Of course, I realize some people could think that it's foolish of me to do this. If I teach you how to perform a year-head reading in the same way as me, then why would you ever want to buy one from me? And maybe for some people that's true, but honestly, I really don't care about that. I imagine some of you will be inclined to purchase one, more inclined, after you hear how I do it. And for some of you, that will be even more beneficial because you'll have some window into how I did the reading as well. So to me, that seems like a win-win. And maybe I'm not the best business person. Actually, I kind of know I'm not the best business person. But being a good business person just isn't the, at the top of my list of priorities. To me, tarot is more about trusting that support will come because you can and want to give me support. And doing that instead of selling it to you feels so much more aligned. And this is really important to me on kind of a deep soul level. I've never really liked being a business person. I've never liked the idea of kind of that thing I learned at some point, like don't show them how you do it or they'll just do it themselves and won't need you. To me, this is like capitalism trying to colonize my mind and trying to teach me to colonize yours. And that may sound like a really far out and radical statement, but think of it this way. Craving power is this masculine human concept. For the past several hundred years, probably beyond that, I don't know, certain groups of people have made it their life's work to try to overpower the rest of the people of the world. I see the style of gaining power without investigating how that might clash with emotional or spiritual parts of life, and a certain kind of misguided strength, if you will. People with this kind of power have fought over land and ideology, they've imposed their ideas and values and beliefs on others, they've stripped others of their values and beliefs, and they've destroyed cultures and societies and individuals in the process. And I don't want to be a part of that. So I could continue that in my own way. I could tell you that you need me to teach you how to do tarot right, or that you need me to do tarot for you for a price. But that would essentially just be me colonizing your tarot practice. And tarot is a spiritual tool, and tarot is an emotional tool. So to me, it is important that my tarot practice not be about power. Stealing your belief in yourself from you for my own gain is not something I'm at all interested in doing. So I'm happy to show you how I do it. I'm happy to tell you that you don't need me to be a good tarot reader. But I'm also happy to see myself inspiring you, and I'm happy when you decide on your own free will that you want to support me. When you decide you have the time, the money, the initiative to buy something I make or offer, feels so great. I do need support, but I want to make sure it's coming from a place that feels mutually consented, it's an exchange, and it's something that we're both benefiting from. Then I know we're doing something right. So after this little rant, thank you for sticking with me through it, I hope that you gained something from it, let's look at some points that I think give you a glimpse into the choices I made in the tarot reading I did on the episode last week. So. One thing I did is integrate beacon cards and one astrology oracle card into the reading. And I see this as building a base that I can draw on, refer back to, and use to help 
make sense of the other cards. If you can integrate some sort of base into the structure of your readings, it can really help you from being stuck. This is something I talked about in the Q&A episode about getting stuck earlier this season, but perhaps you hear you could kind of see it in action. At the start of the reading, I covered the collective and individual beacon cards that Brandy has been and will be working with. This gives me like a background context, sort of like the energetic climate that Brandy is in. And so as I worked through the year ahead readings, I was able to kind of keep relating back to this context. It's like the climate that we're working in and keep in mind some of these like larger goals and how these smaller cards might be working towards those goals. So for Brandy, the fact that she is working with the Emperor energy collectively and the Strength and Wheel of Fortune energies individually helped me to think about what unique blend of energy this is and what opportunities come with it. So the restructuring of the Emperor, the working effectively with emotions of strength, and wisely surrendering change of Wheel of Fortune. That's big work, and that's a really unique blend of kind of three big energies. And no matter what beacon cards come up, that's always true. There's, there's a unique blend of energies. And that helps me to kind of work through what is going on in the rest of that reading as I work through the year ahead cards, you know, the part that I kind of referred to as the roadmap. There's like a card for each season and one card for the year ahead. As I'm working through those, I can keep in mind this unique blend of energy that's sort of the greater context or the climate that we're working in. The Beacon cards also offer an opportunity to see how this energetic climate shifts and changes over the course of several years. And I can actually kind of talk about that in the reading, right? Like give give the context of like last year, this year, next year. This gives the reading a really wide lens and sort of an evolutionary perspective that I think can be really helpful. So we can get caught up in the day-to-day of our lives and stepping back and seeing how far we've come and also where we're trying to go, can be really helpful to alleviate some of the impatience that we might encounter, or other things too, not just impatience. So for for instance with Brandy, the energetic trajectory that she has been and will continue to work through looks something like this. From her birthday in 2019 to New Year's Eve 2019, the three cards were the Moon, Chariot, and Hanged Man, right? Moon and Chariot were her personal beacon cards, and the Hanged Man was the collective beacon card. But then on January 1st, that changed to Moon, Chariot, and Emperor. So that's a different blend of energy. But that only went through April 10th. April 11th, which is her birthday, she switches to the personal beacon cards of Strength and Wheel of Fortune. So then the unique blend of energy is Strength, Wheel of Fortune, and Emperor. And then, on January 1st, 2021, our collective beacon card switches to the Hierophant. So then, from January 1st until her birthday in 2021, Brandy's working Strength, Wheel of Fortune, and Hierophant energy. So you can see how this like unique blend of energy is shifting and changing, and one or two out of three of those cards will change at a time. So there's some overlapping and there's like transitions from one phase to another. And this can really highlight how life works, right? It actually kind of reminds me of astrology because the planets move at different speeds, so we are kind of always working with a different blend of energies, right? Some of the planets move fast, some of the planets move slower, 
so the parts of our lives that they rule move at different paces, and there's overlaps of those energies, right? So the correlation with beacon cards is now that we have like beacon cards that, that correlate to a day or a month or a week, and then we also have beacon cards that correlate to much longer cycles. And I'll talk about this more at the back end of the episode a little bit, but when you track beacon cards day to day, they keep cycling through the same sequences of cards, but those sequences also shift over time. So the thing I like most about astrology is that it turns our lives into a metaphor for how these different energies move in cycles of different speeds, and those wheels of, of the planetary orbits line up in new and different combinations, and sometimes they move forward, sometimes they move backwards, and the cycles repeat, but they're always in relation to each other in a different way. And I feel like this is just such a great metaphor for life. And as I've started working with beacon cards, I see that they kind of operate in a similar way. There's like different speeds, different scopes. We can kind of move through the same cycles in smaller doses and larger doses, and they all kind of blend together. So in the reading, the year ahead cards work more like a roadmap, right? So with the beacon cards, it's like, this is the energy I'm working with, and these are kind of my greater goals. And then the question is, how do I get there? And then each card in this year ahead part of the reading offers a task or focus that is one step on that path. And it helps me as a reader a lot too, because I can try to identify a trajectory across those seasonal cards that ultimately works toward the goal that I see in the overall cards and the beacon cards. So for example, when I was working with the reverse three of pentacles in the summer position in Brandy's reading, I contemplated how I could interpret this card, and particularly its reversal, as an important step in the overall year-long lesson that the reading brings. So since Brandy mentioned a desire to do aligned work, this clearly seemed like a challenge to that. The Three of Pentacles upright does look a lot like aligned work, but reverse, there's like a disconnect from that, right? So since the overall year's work is about restructuring and tolerating these difficult emotions without denying them, and also kind of like letting things happen that are maybe out of your control, this card seemed like a good learning lesson through being challenged, likely by a period of very unaligned work that would maybe kind of help to refine or clarify how to move towards something that feels more aligned. So that the beacon cards, having the beacon cards in mind, really did help me to understand what that particular card could mean in relation to Brandy's question. Another benefit of this is that it helps me to stay guidance-focused. It makes the challenges into opportunities to learn and move forward instead of moments that just need to be endured or tolerated. So if we can learn and grow from the times that are tough for us, then we are doing life right, in my opinion. And so I always want to find a way to bring this into the reading without feeling like I'm sugarcoating or being a Pollyanna about it. How can we maintain a deep optimism even while we face painful and difficult energies? I think the answer is in seeing them as moments of growth, resilience, of revealing our values and power and strength to ourselves, 
And the relationship between these cards and the beacon cards are a place where that optimism can emerge. So even when I see a really challenging card in the year ahead portion of the reading, by seeing that challenge as a way to kind of gain some insight towards the greater goal of the beacon cards, then that helps me to find a way to turn that challenging card into something guidance-focused. You'll notice that I used time-bound cards, so for example, the seasons and the overall card for the year. And one thing you may think about this is you, you might remember that I'm not really a proprietor of predictive tarot, right? So how do I work with a card for a future season without being predictive? And you may notice that I don't say what will happen exactly. I throw out some ideas of how the energy of the card could show up or be worked with, but I'm not saying something like, in the summer, you will meet a lover, or any specific predictions like that. Instead, I say how the card will assist you in dealing with what will happen. What I do honor is that these cards come up, right? So I'm not pretending like I can tell what will happen in the future based on the cards, but I also want to leave room for the cards to project something. There's a reason these cards came up. So the sweet spot for me is to say something like, in this season, you will be working with this, is, this kind of energy, and here's how to do it. And then again, thinking about the beacon cards, and here's why it's important to do it. So that's kind of the breakdown of each future card. You're going to be working with this kind of energy. Here's how you do it. Here's why it's important, connecting back to the beacon card. That way you're keeping your eyes open to how the energy shows up, right? Being predictive in a really specific way feels kind of limiting to me. It feels like putting blinders on the person and they may miss the whole lesson if they're looking for it to show up in a really specific way. And that might not happen. So this really aligns with my beliefs about the limitations of human thought as well. There's so much we can't know and aren't meant to know. Our brains do have limits, even though we are taught by our sort of narcissistic culture that there is nothing humans can't do. I think with what we're dealing with right now in the world, we're really being shown how not true that is. There are limits, and we are at the mercy of things that are out of our control. So I always look to the suit of swords for how limiting the human mind can be, and how you don't want to let that be your only source of information. So I like to leave room for the guards to be predictive, without me thinking that my mind is capable of knowing exactly what it means. So I can speak about the energy that the cards bring, I can speak about how to deal with that energy, how to work with it, why it's important, but I cannot speak to the specific way that that energy will be expressed. You may also notice that I saved the Oracle and Lifetime Beacon card for last. Why did I do that? Well, I think it helps me to tie things together. I certainly don't need to do those cards last. There would be benefits for me doing them early on so that I could weave like this life purpose stuff into the reading along the way. And you'll notice I did sometimes mention, I think in Brandy's, I did mention that her lifetime beacon card was kind of coming up at one point. However, I think it is a nice note to end on and a nice way to bring some bigger purpose to the messages of the reading. So I think it gives a takeaway of why the work the person is doing this year is important. So in Brandy's case, this had to do with her desire to do aligned work and her life beacon card being justice. 
A lot of people are okay with doing work that isn't totally aligned. They put their hearts elsewhere. But I believe justice points to this being really important for someone like Brandy. So for Brandy, this gave some solace of why it is okay to t slow down and be picky and really go through each step with intention and why some of the challenges of the year might be important. So having that lifetime beacon card last felt like a good way to kind of land on a takeaway that's really looking at a really big picture of her life overall. So I hope that's a helpful just kind of hitting a few points of how I did that tarot reading, what I was thinking about, and maybe you can integrate some of these skills into your readings as well. So let's take a quick break, and then I'll be back to talk a bit about takeaways from season three. Radio is kept commercial-free by the generous support of the podcast listeners. If you'd like to support Rootlock Radio, consider joining the Patreon group. A monthly donation of $5 or more gives you access to a private Discord discussion forum, where Rootlock Radio listeners and I discuss tarot and answer each other's questions. You also receive bonus materials related to content from the podcast. To donate and join, see the link in the show notes. You can also support me by booking a year-ahead birthday tarot reading for yourself or a friend, or by purchasing the Season 1 Companion Guide PDF, or the Rootlock Tarot Book of Spreads PDF. All of these goods and services can be found on my website, rootlocktarot.com. Another great way to support the podcast is by subscribing, giving a 5-star rating on iTunes, and writing a review. This is the best way for more people to discover Rootlock Radio. And of course, follow me on Instagram at RootlockTarot and sign up for my email newsletter to stay in the loop about future opportunities to engage with me. Regardless of how you choose to support Rulock Radio, thank you so much for listening. takeaway from season three of Rootlock Radio is the concept of working with beacon cards. If you can't tell, I am obsessed with beacon cards. And this season kicked off with a dive into the different ways they can be used in, in episode one. Then as the season progressed, we worked with the beacon cards more in the moment. So I identified the beacon card of each episode's date, and I showed you how I was going to work with that energy in the, that particular episode. And then last week, I integrated them into my demonstration reading, so you could see how I use beacon cards in that way as well. If you follow me on Instagram, you probably noticed that I've been posting the beacon card every day for the past week, few weeks on my Instagram stories. I thought this seemed like a nice support to offer while we go through this wild and scary global pandemic. And it has also shed some light on how beacon cards tend to work on a day-to-day -day basis. There is a working through certain series of cards over and over, but also a gradual shift or evolution of what those sequences are. So they kind of move, but move forward, but slowly, 
and not without working through the same cards several times. So for example, we are circling through a Hermit Wheel of Fortune Justice sequence a lot right now, and also working through the rest of the second line of the Major Arcana and some of the third line, but really that Hermit Wheel of Fortune Justice has shown up a lot. And it really seems like we are in that kind of time, working with these big sweeping energies that urge us to really think about what is out of our control and how we are going to live within these conditions. As a species, I think we're facing that right now. And looking forward, it looks like we hit the hermit one more time tomorrow, then leave that behind for a while. We also have been coming closer and closer to the sun card, in the sequences, but then jumping elsewhere before we actually hit the sun card. And looking ahead, it looks like on April 29th, we will finally hit a day with the sun as a beacon card. So it will be interesting to see what this might signify. We are progressing slowly and spiralically, it feels like. That seems to be the nature of daily beacon cards when you track them. Brandy, who was the recipient of last week's reading, and is also now in the Rootlock Radio discussion forum, recently mentioned in the forum that she is now pulling a beacon card on the first day of every month. I thought she had a super insightful interpretation of this, and I want to share it with you. So here's what Brandy wrote in the forum. I'm going to start pulling beacon cards for my month ahead readings. I did one for April last night, using the first day of the month, and April is the hermit very fitting considering the quarantine. I think working with the Hermit and Emperor energy is calling us to go within and soul search as we restructure our lives and figure out what we want things to look like going forward personally and societally. I'm going to be using beacon cards a lot more now. Your demo was really helpful in showing me how to incorporate them, so thanks for that. Thank you for sharing this, Brandy. I think it's really cool to think about this idea of a month having a beacon card and then a year having a beacon card as well and the unique blend of energy that we might be working through in each month. So there are a lot of ways to work with them and I also want to remind you that I didn't come up with this concept by any means. It's been around for a long time and a lot of amazing tarot folks work with cards in this way. But as far as I know, I did coin the term beacon card, and so that was my contribution. The beacon card for season three of Rootlock Radio is Strength, and at the time that I planned this season, I had no way of knowing how aligned this would feel with the events that have unfolded in the world over the course of this season, which have been wild. Pretty much the entire human race has been plunged into a situation where we are forced to confront our deepest core emotions, fear, sadness, grief. It's super intense. And I know for me, making space for these feelings is the only way I've been able to stay calm and not feel chronically anxious. Like the human figure on the strength card, I check in with myself and identify the strong emotions that I have under the surface, and then I compassionately allow space for them while also containing them. What does this actually look like? Well, I set myself up in a safe environment, can be my bed or the bathtub, and I ask myself what I'm feeling. I locate the physical sensations that accompany that feeling. So I can literally ask myself, Weston, are you sad? Are you angry? Are you afraid? Are you grieving? 
what emotion are you connecting with right now? And where do you feel that physically? And then I acknowledge and validate for myself that it makes sense that I'm having that feeling. You know, the last thing you want to do in this is like shame yourself. Like, oh, you shouldn't be afraid. That's, that's stupid or whatever you might think. It makes sense I'm afraid. And then just give space for that emotion to be by focusing on the physical sensation of it. Sometimes it grows, sometimes it stays the same, sometimes I express it somehow, like crying, sometimes I don't. It's important not to judge the feeling or the way it shows up. Just let it happen. Just watch it. Observe it. And on the other side of it, I usually end up feeling a lot more calm. And this is the number one skill that has gotten me through this coronavirus pandemic and all the emotions and all the anxiety that come with it for me. And this is very much aligned with the strength card. Tending to that lion, containing that lion, but not suppressing it or caging it. Giving it space to exist without letting it take over and not being afraid of it. You know, not being afraid of those feelings. Strength is important because it is the initiation of the second leg of the fool's journey, and that leg is challenging. Strength is a card of resourcing ourselves so we can make it through those uncomfortable energies. All those uncomfortable energies, right? We've got the Wheel of Fortune, Justice, Hanged Man, Death, like all of those are really uncomfortable energies if we face them without intention. But there's a way to be comfortable with them, and a lot of that is learned in the Strength card. And we're definitely in a time where we need that resource. Again, when you look at the Beacon cards that we've been working through on a day-to-day basis, we're definitely in kind of Wheel of Fortune, Justice, Hanged Man, Death, like these, these cards are coming up a lot right now. And so strength is really teaching us how to get through this time. So if there's any big takeaway of this season, it is this. Your emotions are important. It is important for you to feel them and to acknowledge them and to give them space and to validate them for yourself. And it's also important that you don't let them get in the driver's seat if they're going to cause you to do something you regret or make you feel really terrible. You want to be in touch with the more like human figure on the strength card that is not afraid of the emotion, but also knows how to handle it, right? And so what happens when you let your emotions get in the driver's seat is sometimes you do something you regret, like send a text message or say something or do something that later you wish you hadn't done because you were just feeling a little emotionally dysregulated, right? That's what happens when our emotions are negatively activated and they take the wheel. The queens of the tarot are also a tool for us to figure out how to manage this. They help us find the part of ourselves that is wise. And wisdom is a balance of logic and emotion. Wisdom is an integration of logic and emotion. And the queens align us with the part of ourselves that is wise and that we can trust to manage the triggering situations to the best of our abilities. So the the queens can really support this strength work. The queens are kind of where we find the part of us inside that corresponds with that human figure on the strength card. The eight, nine, and ten of wands are also cards that I covered this season. And this is where we can kind of see what happens when we slip into a mindset where we feel like we don't need help or we don't need connection, and we don't need anyone else to be there through the challenges we face. 
in the eight, nine, and ten of pentacles, we learn that what we can actually turn to in moments like this, where we feel overwhelmed and anxious on the road to burnout, is not isolating ourselves or feeling like we don't need help. It's turning towards things that are going to help us to stay grounded. So aligned work, nature, chosen family, which could include biological family if that's what you choose, community, all of these things are so important right now and so important for us to be able to acknowledge how many feelings we're having. And I think this is an easy time in a way for us to be open about how much we are feeling, maybe in a way that it doesn't usually feel like it's okay to be. So there's a lot of internal work and managing your own emotions, but there's also the strength and courage it takes to ask for help, to show yourself as emotional, to show yourself as vulnerable, to be seen. And this work can be so rewarding because it is how we feel connected and loved and valued. And in turn, it is how we feel calm and safe. So thank you so much for listening and joining me on this journey in season three of Root Lock Radio. I hope you stay safe, stay healthy, protect yourself and the people around you by choosing wisely allow your feelings to be as much a part of you as anything else and make sure your feelings aren't everything at the same time. Most of us will survive this and I feel hopeful that we are learning some important lessons that will help us to restructure the world in a way that better serves everyone. After all, that's what the Emperor Beacon Card of 2020 is here to guide us towards. So take care, be well, and I will talk to you soon. Rulock Radio is a podcast for uncloaking, learning, and exploring the tarot cards. It is written and produced by me, Weston. Music for the podcast is provided by Shenandoah Davis and Jeray. You can find links for both of these incredible artists in the show notes. To support the podcast, consider joining the Patreon community. And if you love Rulock Radio, don't forget to subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and write a kind review. To learn more about me and the tarot goods and services I have to offer, please visit my website, rootlocktarot.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you'll join me next time for Rootlock Radio. Radio.